We're wrapping up 2017. We've got the best quotes from this year, the authors of The Endangerment Finding, and News Out of Texas. This is the Climate Lead at E&E News. I'm Evan Lehman, editor of ClimateWire. I'm Robin Bravender, ClimateWire deputy editor. Have a cookie. Josh Kurtz is with us. He wrote an really interesting story about Texas politics and climate change. Josh, what I took away from that story is that environmentalists hope one day to get one Democrat elected <laughs> in Texas. Um, they have some they have to start. They have to start somewhere, yeah. They have to start somewhere, but it's not going to happen this year probably, right? Right. Certainly not statewide. And, and so, so what's the bigger context of this? You know, Texas has been sort of uh, a dream for Democrats and, and their allies, including those in the environmental movement for many years. They're optimistic because the, you know, the state is about half uh, Latino at this point, but Latinos only make up maybe 20% of the electorate statewide, so they've got a ways to go. They just had the filing deadline in Texas in mid-December for candidates, and you really have to, you know, if you're a Democrat, if you're an environmentalist, you have to kind of mark your progress incrementally. So this time, Democrats have candidates running for every statewide office in Texas. That hasn't always been the case recently. They have candidates in every, in all 36 congressional districts. That hasn't been the case uh, recently. Um, if the party, if the Democratic Party gets one seat in Texas, for example, that's a pretty good sign of yeah. flipping, right? Right. Um, if the Senate loses a Republican in Texas, that could go a that long way. That would be a sign of the apocalypse, I yeah. think. Republicans hold a 25 to 11 edge in the congressional delegation. So, you know, if there's going to be a Democratic wave nationally, you need to have, you know, the, the first thing you need is a candidate to actually take advantage of it. So, you know, now there are candidates in place. And, and getting back to the Latino electorate, yeah. um, there have been some surveys that, that say, you know, Latinos are more concerned about climate change by about twice as much as right. whites. Right. Um, is that, you know, but we, but we really haven't seen that play right. in electoral politics, right. what would prompt Latinos to vote more in Texas than they do already? Wow, I think that's probably a, a topic for a, separate, a whole separate podcast. We'll but, cast a new but, pod. Yeah, cast a new pod. Uh, you know, I mean, the immigration population is usually, you know, traditionally slow to register to vote as quickly as they get here. I mean, it's, I mean it probably is just a matter of time. Um, you know, I think, I think climate issues are sort of easier to see in a place like Florida than Texas. I mean, clearly along the Gulf Coast, you can, you know, where where they have to worry about sea level rise and stuff like that. That's probably a much more, uh, uh, you know, that's a place that's hit by extreme weather more readily than like the arid parts of West Texas or what have you. But thanks, Josh. Texas politicians would love to upend the endangerment finding. So we're here with Maxine Josselow, Greenwire's regulations reporter, who sat down last week. Last week, yeah. With uh, two people who helped write the EPA endangerment finding, Dina Kruger and Jason Salmonow, who's now with the Washington Post on the Capitol Weather Gang, right? So everyone in D.C. knows him for sure. You did this interview with Hannah Northey. Uh, Greenwire's enterprise reporter. So you brought them in and sat down with them in one of Ianni's conference rooms. Mm -hmm. So you talked to them for over an hour, sort yeah. of about their whole experience 
um, writing the endangerment finding, starting under the Bush administration and then actually publishing it under the Obama administration, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a process of many years. Yeah. So what did you find most interesting about the interview? Um, I thought two things really stuck out. One was that they're not that worried about the future of the endangerment finding. They said that it rests on a very strong scientific foundation and that Scott Pruitt has shown a willingness to attack climate assumptions and the science behind climate change, but he would have problems legally if he went after this. <laughs> so they seem pretty confident in that. So Maxine, you asked Jason about the science behind the endangerment finding. Here's what he told you. Well, I mean, from a science perspective, I think the science has only gotten stronger as the yeah. observations have come in. I mean, the last three years have been the three warmest years on record, and, you know, we're seeing the consequences of climate change play out. And then the other thing was it was just really cool hearing about the process of crafting it. Lots of late nights with pizza, yeah. former EPA administrator um, Gina McCarthy bringing in cookies from Obopan yeah. and pizza. So it was cool hearing the personal side of it, too. Here's what Dina and Jason told you about that. And Gina, and Gina was involved too heavily. Yeah. I remember um, she, you, you asked about the long hours and everything. I remember um, at one point we it were was, working uh, on a weekend, and she came in and brought pizza to our team, which was really, which was really nice. We appreciated that. Yeah, so. and she bought us like like a whole bunch of Obama pan cookies too. I think. Um, also, current EPA Air Chief Bill Wareham uh, made a couple of appearances in in your interview, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that was really interesting, and something I hadn't expected was Dina name dropped Bill Wareham a couple of times. She mentioned him once in the context of he was someone at EPA while she was working on the rule, and then again when we asked her, "Do you think Pruitt will go after this in light of the whole red team blue team thing?" She said, "Well, I'm not sure. Bill Wareham, I don't think he wants to go after it." Yeah, um, that's and I don't think that's been previously reported, so we'll try and emphasize. Thanks for coming. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Speaking of the endangerment finding, it came up in a hearing with the House Energy and Commerce Committee recently. Here's Congressman Joe Barton of Texas and Scott Pruitt in a hearing this month. Uh, this finding document was rushed through very quickly within about, I want to say, 60 days. Are you aware of that finding document? And if so, do you have any plans to revisit it? Uh, there was a breach of process that occurred in 2009 that many believe uh, was uh, not handled the proper way. Uh, but, but the Mass v. EPA decision and the processes that followed involved both the Bush and Obama administrations. And that process was, again, in 2009, I think, short-shrifted. This is our last show of 2017, so we're going to round up some of our favorite climate quotes of the year. That was one of them. Here's another top quote from Pruitt on CNBC's Squawk Box. No, I think that, that measuring with precision... Uh, human activity on the climate is something very challenging to do, and there's tre tremendous disagreement about the, the degree of impact. Uh, so, so, no, I would not agree uh, that it's a primary contributor uh, to, the, to the global warming that we see. And then one of the most consequential stories from the year on climate change, President Trump withdrawing from Paris. Here he is, as if you've forgotten. I was elected to represent the citizens of Pittsburgh, not Paris. Next up, we've got CEQ nominee Kathleen Hartnett-White being asked about climate change by Senator Ben Cardin. It seems to me that you don't believe climate change is real. I, I, am, uns I am uncertain. You're uncertain? No, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. I, was, I jumped ahead of my time. Is, of course, 
is of course real. Human activity affect climate change? Human, more than likely, but the extent to which I think is very uncertain. And that was 2017 with a bow on top. We'll see what they all say next year. As usual, check out our stories at eenews.net. Thanks for tuning in. Happy 2017, everybody. See you next year.